You're listening to the Living Inside Out podcast and I'm your host, Tux Aruturi. This is episode 81. Welcome to the Living Inside Out podcast where we believe the mind is the engine room of our lives. Episode 81 is, is emotional decision making sabotaging your dream? How are you doing? Welcome to 81. Welcome to 81. I'm super excited to be recording this. I actually get really pumped up when I'm doing a solo recording because I feel like I'm back home. When I have guests on, which I thoroughly love and always, always come out feeling blessed because of what I've learned from them and I get excited because I get to share other people with you. I love that. But then when I do it on my own, it's almost like I'm back home. Almost like I've been away on a business trip and I've returned home (laughs) to home sweet home. In other words, I love having this one-on-one time with you. I know it sounds weird. We are not in the same room. In many cases, not even in the same country. Yet, I feel like I'm home. I'm with you. So how have you been? What's been happening? I have been amazing, especially over the last week or so. I just have been super amazing and I'm just thankful to God for the journey that I've been on and the fact that I'm still standing today because, boy, it's been tough. I've dropped hints. If you're going to call them hints, my last few months of episodes, I've been like, oh my gosh, it's been challenging and I haven't exactly explicitly said what the challenge is. And that's only because I'm still figuring it out. I'm pulling out lessons from it and I want to be on solid ground before I share. So while I talk about my life and lessons that life and business is teaching me, I love to do that. And I thank you for the opportunity to share that with you. I only ever want to share when I'm comfortable that I've got it, that I've got the lesson. So I'm not preaching heresy. (laughs) So before we dive into today's episode, which I'm super excited about, I want to remind you to kindly subscribe to Living Inside Out, the podcast, if you haven't yet done so, and also leave a five-star review. Those reviews are helpful in making sure that the listenership grows because I really want it to grow. Do you not want us to grow? (laughs) I'm sure you do. So make sure you do that and also share it with your friends and family. If someone shared this with you and you've never listened to this podcast, welcome. If this is your first time, I appreciate you giving me some half an hour or so of your time and I promise you're going to love it and I hope that you will come back. And for you who have been back over and over and over again, thank you so very much. I am honoured and I really am so thankful that you've given me this platform and this space to speak and talk about my life lessons. So today I want to revisit the topic of emotional decision making. I say revisit because it was in episode either five or seven. I had talked about joy or pain. I'm going to put the link in the show notes to that particular episode. Joy or pain, emotional decision making. And that was my first introduction to it many, many moons ago. Someone famously said, you are either in a trial, coming out of one, or about to step into one, and I am inclined to believe that I am coming out of one, because it was grueling, like I'm telling you, I cannot wait to share, and the time's going to come, I promise. 
But with all challenging seasons, I've also come out with a truckload of life-changing lessons. I want to share one of them with you today. Again, if you haven't ever listened to Living Inside Out, a little bit of a heads up here. I'm honored to have you on here, but I want to encourage you to be open-minded to any discomfort that may show up while you're listening. It's not my intention to cause unease, but for many people who encounter the reality of leaving inside out, this is the reality. You do get uncomfortable and it's not a sign of danger. It often means that you're entering into an unfamiliar space. So thank you. And if at the end of this episode you feel, hmm, this is nice, I like this, (laughs) I can do with some more of this, then subscribe, come back and listen. So in the last few months, I've had some decisions to make and I struggled. I'll give you a bit of background. I have pretty much grew up being celebrated by both my parents and that is a blessing, which I still enjoy because mom and dad, you know, even till today, they still go on about it, me, and they bless me and they speak life to me. And I thank God for that. But somewhere along the line, it became, hmm, I don't want to say a crutch. Well, I guess it is a crutch. Became a crutch because I must have begun to believe that I needed to be celebrated in order to be validated. And so all of that praise would mean that the responsibility of making sure people were happy with me and in my space was mine. So far, that's where I'm at. I haven't really explored how I became a people pleaser, which I'm cured and I speak life into me. I'm not a people pleaser any longer. I haven't explored it extensively, but this is my initial belief and I know that it is at least the start of it. So when it comes to making decisions, that may upset or make other people uncomfortable, that has historically been a challenge for me. And my latest stretching has gone a long way towards changing that discomfort into a tool that I can use to the point where when I go against the grain of following my emotions that want to stop me from making a decision, I feel empowered because I ignored my emotions and I pressed through. And I wonder if this is a thing, you know, whether our weaknesses are in fact an indication of the tools that we have, you know, the tools that are available to us to use, but because of the fear or the weakness that surrounds it, we ignore it. Because when I was staring at the storm of losing everything in 2008, and if you're new here, listen to episodes one and two to catch up on this thing. (laughs) My greatest fear was the shame of losing everything. And so I avoided networking events because I didn't want to explain to people how I got into the business of selling luxury baby and children's furniture because it would force me to say I failed, I lost a business. And my greatest strength today, or at least one of my most powerful tools, is the ability to be authentic and to share my journey without embellishing it. It is also why this podcast exists. It is why I stand today where I stand in my business and it has placed me in some rooms with some of the most influential people in our country. And this is why, my friend, you cannot 
afford to allow your emotions to make decisions for you. And I'm going to share three ways in which emotional decision making can hold us back. So this year I had to make some painful, actually starting from late last year, I had to make some uncomfortable decisions in my business. One of them was the redundancy of a particular role in the company. And it was uncomfortable because with every single person I've worked with, I've developed a great relationship with them or rather people who have worked for me. I've developed a great relationship with them to the point where I recognize some of my mistakes was blurring the line between employee and employer. And that was a lesson I needed to learn. And I learned the hard way in November of last year. And even this year, continued to learn that lesson. But you see, I needed to make the decision for the health of the business, but my emotions kept interrupting the process and my emotions kept questioning, yeah, but how can you make that role redundant and that person is going to have to leave and how are you going to feel? How are you going to explain it to them? How are they going to feel? You see, when you're emotional in making decisions, you tend to not only consider your feelings or your feelings not only drive you, but you will find that the emotions of the people involved, where there are other people, also drive you. Just like when I wouldn't go for networking meetings because I was uncomfortable talking about my loss, but I was also conscious of how other people will see me. I didn't want people to feel sorry for me. I didn't want people to look upon me with pity. I didn't want them to look down on me all of these are emotions that have silch to do with me and yet they featured in the process of making my decisions. And so this is why I believe that this episode is a particularly important one because it will change the trajectory of your life if you decide to either go with or without your emotions. So I'm going to share three ways in which our decision making can hold us back when we're not being logical and when we are using our feelings instead. My hope is that you will, while listening to this, have a good think and identify ways in which you have allowed your emotions to cloud your judgment. It's not always obvious. It doesn't stand out. You know, it's it's something that is so subtle and comfortable and normal to the point where we don't recognize it. Number one is waiting to make sure everything is perfect and devoid of pain before pressing forward. Now, the result of this is you will spend years trying to accomplish what should have taken months. And I'm not saying that this is the sole purpose of delay in our lives or the cause of barrenness is purely because we make emotional decisions. Because remember, I said that we all have our weaknesses you see, and God uses circumstances as a tool to strengthen us and also as a tool to remove the parts of us that sabotage us. And for all of us, it's different. I was chatting with my friend yesterday and sharing a breakthrough experience with her. And she asked a question, but why did it have to involve that level of pain and challenge just to get to where you stand today, just to get to where we are looking at today? And I'm going to attempt to answer that. I believe that for me, I needed to go through this particular journey and difficulty so that I could learn to not just function, but to thrive in difficult seasons. So I shared about my company launching a product in Harrods for the first time last month. 
and I've always rejoiced when things go well and tend to pipe down when things are not going so well. But in the last few months, I've also been learning that number one, everyone has problems. At some point or the other on their journey, I talk about this in episode 72. Number two, challenges are a part of life and so we better make peace with it. Hence episode 75, making peace with trials. And the third lesson that I have been learning in the last few months is that it is possible to thrive in a difficult season. And I interviewed my dear friend Sherry Bloom in episode 74 and she talked about her challenges, her journey and how she's navigated it. She's a serial entrepreneur. It's a great one to listen to. That was episode 74. 76 was adopting an immigrant mentality where I talked about the life of Andrew Lee, who is the founder of Sugar Bowl Bakery in New York and how being an immigrant, not just for him, but for immigrants around the world, they come with a totally different mentality. Like they're not here to have a good life. <laughs> they're not here to chill and have a nice house. And a, No, they are capable of enduring harsh circumstances and calling that normal so they can thrive. And in episode 80, I interviewed Ashley Randolph of Glow Premies and she talked about how she converted her pain and her difficulty of not only having three babies prematurely but also getting pregnant as a single mom much earlier in life when she was younger and what she has birthed out of it and this is the space that I'm in today this is why we are listening to episode 81 today that we are not meant to be productive only when things are going well we must be able to produce when they are not going well and that is why Comfort is the Thief of Destinies, episode 78. <laughs> so I found that my goal shifted from the big picture, the big dream that I've had and I'm working towards. It shifted from that to getting rid of the pain I was in. And many of us believe the lie that says, if only I could just. And that's a lie that says there's a force too powerful for you that's holding you back. And yes, there is a force and that force is called your emotion and it is powerful, but not strong enough to hold you back unless you allow it to. When the Harrods victory happened, I didn't scream and shout. I didn't go on and on about it. As a matter of fact, I didn't share the news on social media until a day or two after it happened or maybe even more than that. I can't remember. Because in that moment, I was learning to embrace the entirety of everything of my life, the good and the bad. I was learning that my life is complete and going in the right direction when the business does well and when it doesn't do well. Because all things work out for our good always. Imagine this. You're trying to cross a large expanse of land. It's a desert and there are the occasional shrubs and stones and it's rough and you could stomp your foot any moment or step on something i don't know cacti or something ouch <laughs> and so the land is rough it's uncomfortable what would you do maybe someone says to you hey you know at some time in the year certain times of the year all of the cacti dries up and the land smoothens out and and it becomes much easier to walk on are you going to sit and wait and pray for the land to be made smooth so you can cross over easily? Or 
would you pick your way through gingerly knowing that if you persevere, you'll get to the other side, that the journey might be uncomfortable, but you will still arrive on the other side. And so for me, I found that I was doing the former. I had the mindset of when all of this is over, I will be able to do X, Y, Z and I will thrive. I'm not sure if you remember, but I shared a story quite a few episodes ago about when I was writing for this media platform and I was going through a financial struggle at the time and my my article was due for submission to the editor. I was just in a state and I said, I cannot write. I didn't tell them this is me speaking to myself and speaking to God. I cannot write. I'm in a state. I know it's overdue, but I really need a breakthrough. I'm like, God, I need a breakthrough. And God said, go and write your article. And I was like, no, I can't write while I'm in this state because I'm a creative. I need inspiration. And God said, go and write your article. That was the only answer to the problem I was having. It was the only response to the state of mind I was going through or I was experiencing. And so I went and I wrote and shockingly enough produced an amazingly good article in about 45 minutes, sent it off to the editor. And not long after that, I got an email from a a customer, would-be customer who had read the article and on the spot hired me to design their kids' rooms. And it was based purely on the article. It wasn't based on anything else because they didn't know me. And so it is possible to persevere through trials and be productive on the other side, but it's uncomfortable. And this is why we must make peace with the discomfort. The second way in which we sabotage ourselves when making decisions is relying on the physical for inspiration and not being able to be inspired sufficiently to act from the unseen. And so again, I talk a lot about spirit, soul and body. I talk about the unseen versus the seen realm. The physical realm, which is the seen, is also the temporal, is also the least on the totem pole of who we are as people. And next would be the mind. And a lot of people operate in the space of the mind. You know, we have many motivational and inspirational gurus. We understand that the mind is powerful. Many of us work on our minds and we read and we educate ourselves and so on. But that is actually still not the most superior part of us. For that, you need to go all the way down to your spirit, which is one with God. But you see, the deeper you get into who you are as a human, the more superior it gets, but also the less tangible that part of you is and the rest less recognizable it is. So every human being on earth is sensual. It's very easy for us to see things and touch things and make decisions based on what our senses perceive. So we all do that. But then there's also those of us who are I guess all of us, we use our mind, you know, we think, hmm, I'm going to think this through before making a decision. Invisible, non-tangible, but perceivable by the person who's doing the thinking. And then you've got even deeper, the spirit realm, that one, many of us don't even tap into that. We don't even tap into our spirit. And occasionally we do, that's when you have God feelings and intuition and so on. Or if you are a believer, you hear from God and things like that. But we tend to focus more on the physical because it is readily available. It is within grasp. It is within reach. 
and we're relying on that for inspiration. When you rely on the physical to inspire you, you are holding yourself back. It's difficult to rely on the unseen, or should I say it's more difficult to rely on the unseen because there is no evidence that what you alone can perceive internally is actually going to work. Beauty, good food, attractiveness, good music, these all induce positive emotions. And we can seek these things because of how they make us feel. Quite easily, we will do that. I saw a quote recently that said, use your pain. But many of us don't. We want to avoid our pain, eliminate our discomfort, and instead seek the things that are beautiful and induce good feeling. Just this morning, I was telling my husband about my goal and how I went from desiring and chasing huge dreams in my business to surviving from one day to the next. My goal became, I just want to make it till the next day. And if you're only ever inspired by the physical, you will not be able to make decisions from the inner superior part of you. And you're always going to be reliant on the opinions of others. You know, the things that spark joy, the guru's instructions or what have worked well for other people. I know it's scary to walk in the dark, but you're not really in the dark. We just need to develop insight and stop relying on our physical eyes. Faith is action inspired by an unseen reality. Unseen, but it is real. The third way our emotional decisions can cause us to be held back is by using our past successes as a measure of our capabilities. So many of us remain stuck in the past because the past is way more palatable and comfortable than the present. Also, there's no fear attached to yesterday. It's gone. <laughs> you survived it. But will you survive tomorrow? That's the question. And one way in which you can overcome this way of thinking is to see yourself connected to a limitless God, which also makes you limitless. I watched an experiment about the mind the other day about how it tricks us into feeling things physically that are not even real. I'm talking physical touch that is not actually happening. I'm going to find that video and add it to the show notes because it is mind blowing. Have you ever heard of phantom limbs? It's a bit like that. You know, it's what amputees experience after their limb has been removed. They continue to feel their hands or their legs or whatever has been removed from them. I've been many miles away on holiday and heard my washing machine going, seriously, and even almost hearing my children's voices calling mommy. If you're a parent, especially if you're a mom, you hear your child crying when they're not with you, especially if you're a new mom. Okay, so maybe that's just overwhelm me hearing washing machines in Spain or wherever I am. <laughs> but you get my drift. The mind is limitless. It transcends time, space and energy. And you don't even know what you're capable of doing. You don't know what your mind can conceive. So stop putting a limit on yourself. I found myself stalling because I couldn't see the capability in me to manifest that big dream I was carrying. As far as I could see, little weak me may have been capable of dreaming this massive dream, but she didn't have what it took to make it happen. 
but I didn't realize that with every day that passes, we are evolving into a more capable person able to manifest that dream. If you don't journal, I encourage you to start. I'm going to be releasing an on-demand how to journal for growth course very soon. And if you want to learn how to think differently, you want to use your journal. If you want to learn how to identify the thoughts that are holding you back, because all our thoughts are responsible for our actions, or put it another way, all our thoughts ultimately drive our actions, whether we like it or not. We don't act without thinking, except it's on instinct or impulse. And most of us don't do everything by impulse. Some of the things we do, we are impulsive, but generally we think and then we act, whether we're aware of our thinking or not. And so journaling exposes the thoughts that you're having, the subconscious beliefs that you hold, many of which are keeping you in that safe space, i.e. in your comfort zone, i.e. <laughs> not letting you progress forward or grow. I've also got a mindset mentoring program that I'm going to be starting toward the end of June. I encourage you to check it out. It's called Get Unstuck because it unsticks your mind from the ground on which it has been stuck on or rather the thoughts that you have been holding onto, you're able to loosen them and then begin to think differently and think for yourself. You are amazing for listening. Thank you so much. Don't forget to review and rate with five stars and also share the Living Inside Out podcast with your family and friends. I'll talk to you soon.